after that, 13 through 16 deals with slothfulness. And then verse 17 through 21 deals with uh, strife and contention. And then verses 22 all the way down through verse 28 uh, deal with um, the, the, the words, really, that we speak. And so it's important to uh, see all those categories, and we'll look at them, uh, each category, as we go along. But to this evening, we're going to finish out the portion of the fool. And, uh, and I have, last week we looked at the, the fool's folly. This week we're going to look at warnings of the fool's folly. Uh, and it's very distinct the way it's laid out. It's very different than what we looked at last week. Uh, but the fact uh, last week as we looked at the, uh, the fact that a fool is not honored or admired, we looked at the fact that a, a curse or uh, anathema is ineffective from a fool. We looked at a fool's affliction and, uh, and we looked at the fact that uh, he's not dignified of attention. Um, and so it's interesting. And this week I even got to use those verses, answer uh, a fool according to his folly and then uh, answer not a fool according to his folly, and I, I just love those pair of verses. It's it's um, fun to throw out there to people, and so uh, I did that to my son <laughs> when I was talking with him on the phone, and so uh, I like to do that. I, I anyway, um, I would remind us this that a fool in Scripture is defined as this one who acts. Contrary to sound wisdom. Oh, I missed the line. It is used for a wicked or depraved person. That's what a fool is throughout Scripture. And then one who acts contrary to sound wisdom. Um, and our society, if you're not aware, our society has descended into a bunch of fools who deny God by and large. Uh, that's really where we're at. Uh, I explained, I think it was last Wednesday, matter of fact, uh, the scientific mindset, and we have elevated science way above God and way above God's Word. And it is far more important in our society, not to us, of course, to us, the Word of God is far more important than science, and what God says uh, is more important. And so we're going to look at this information, uh, but, but that idea is very true, and that's where our society it is. And, uh, and then I'm reminded, of course, of the verse, Psalm 14, 1, the fool hath said in his heart that there is no God. And uh, our higher educational institutes all accept evolution as truth. That's true. And you know what's sad? You think about this. Places like Harvard, places like Yale, they started out as Christian institutes. Now, as Christian institutions, I mean, as Bible-teaching, uh, preacher-producing schools. That's what they are. They were. And today, God's not mentioned but to mock Him. Uh, they, they don't believe anything about the Bible. They don't believe, uh, they deny the existence of God. They deny the creation, uh, the fact that there is a creator. They deny all of that. And so uh, most anyone... Uh, or most people deny, a, deny that God exists and that the world was created in six literal days. And if you think, or if you, if you hold to that mindset, they scoff at you. They will make fun of you in, in many of the educational institutions in America. 
And so that's just where we're at in our country. Uh, we're going through, and I have to mention this, we're going through the book of Romans on Sunday night, and this Sunday evening, uh, we're covering the end of Romans chapter number 1, and it's a very interesting passage of Scripture. Uh, and this verse, it kind of correlates a lot with the fool of Proverbs chapter 26 that we're looking at in Romans 1.25. You can just mark it down. It says this, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Well, that's where we're at. Uh, they, they have changed the truth of God into a lie that, hey, creation uh, doesn't exist, and that God doesn't exist, and they have elevated the, the creature more than the Creator. Um, and that's just where we're at. And as our medical field and scientific fields move away from God, you can expect a decline in medical care and scientific knowledge uh, because really when, when you depart from God and you deny God, you're going to start drawing illogical conclusions based on your idea that God does not exist. And we'll see that tonight in our text that we're going to look at. So verse number 6, the Bible says this in Proverbs 26, verse number 6, He that sendeth a message by the hand of a fool cutteth off the feet and drinketh damage. The legs of the lame are not equal, so is a parable in the mouth of fools. As he that bindeth a stone in a sling, so is he that giveth honor to a fool. As a thorn goeth up into the hand of a drunkard, so is a parable in the mouth of fools. And let's stop right there. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your goodness to us. God, I pray that you'd use me. I pray, Father, that you'd speak through me. God, I pray that you'd help us to take uh, note and take um, express interest, Father, in what you've you have written very clearly in your word about a fool and giving the warnings about a fool. And God, may we be advised, may we, be, uh, may we heed the, uh, the counsel of your word tonight, and get, God, may we be careful uh, of the fools uh, that, are, that are so prevalent in the world today. And God, will thank you for that. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. As we look at this, these four verses, these four verses really all go together, and I put them together as, a, as just one thing, uh, a warning about fools. Uh, the first one there in verse number six, you can put down as don't trust a fool. Don't trust a fool. Look with me at verse number six again. He that sendeth a message by the hand of a fool cutteth off the feet and drinketh damage. Now, a message, uh, a lot could be said and, and, and illustrated that's important in a message that would be sent. If you're going to take the time to write a message, if you're going to take the time to uh, even type out a message, we're thinking text message, okay? Uh, they didn't have text message in Bible days. Uh, and so they would take uh, maybe a, a paper. I don't even, they probably didn't have paper like we have it. They probably had papyrus. They probably had uh, animal skins. They may have just flat out told the guy, hey, this is the message that I need you to relay. Uh, and, and that person would then take that message and they would actually physically go to that other person. And if it was written down in some form or fashion, they would give that to them. If it was not, then they would relay the message that they were supposed to tell them. And so if they have taken the time uh, to, to write out that message, if they had taken the time to dictate that message to somebody else, 
it was a fairly important message. There's no message uh, that's not real important. Now, most of the time messages, if we're going to take the time to write them, then they're going to have some form of importance. Maybe not uh, a significant portion all the time, but they're going to be somewhat important. And so uh, the message is expected to arrive in a timely fashion and to be given properly. And the Bible here is very simple. It's saying, if you entrust a fool to carry a message, you uh, you are causing yourself damage. Look at what it says in verse 6. He that sendeth a message by the hand of a fool cutteth off the feet and drinketh damage. Now I tend to take those last two phrases as uh, the person who is sending the message is cutting off, uh, I would imply, his own feet. Uh, In other words, you are, you are damaging your own self. Now, I've heard of animals that have, have chewed their own foot off uh, because they were caught in a trap and, in order to escape, and, and desperate times certainly would call for that. But, but as you think about that, man, you cut off your feet. Bible times we're talking, you didn't go anywhere. I mean, somebody had to carry you around. Uh, you, you, you were either going to crawl on your hands and knees uh, or, or, or you were not going to be able to get around, and so you were severely hurting yourself besides the pain. I mean, the pain's obvious. I couldn't even fathom cutting off my own, my own foot. I just couldn't even begin to think of that. And, and, and he says, hey, that is the equivalent uh, of sending a message and entrusting a fool to carry a message. And again, I would remind us that a fool is, is somebody that would... Uh, that would, would deny that there's a God or, or that, would, um, that would be... Well, I wrote it down here. Let's look at it again. A wicked or a depraved person uh, who acts contrary to sound wisdom. In other words, you, you, you find somebody, you say, hey, carry this message for me. You better know that they're, they're a person that's going to be able to carry the message for you. Uh, so you don't, you don't cut off your own feet. But not only that, look, at it says... And, so it's not just cutting off your feet, and drinketh damage. Uh, I mean, I take that to mean that you will be harmed in the end, that you'll drink maybe poison, I don't know. Uh, and, and it's even worse uh, than cutting off your feet. You're, you're doing damage to yourself by entrusting a fool. And so we need to be careful not to trust a fool. Uh, number seven, look at what it says there. It says, the legs of the lame are not equal, so is a parable in the mouth of fools. I read that and I thought, uh, you know, the Bible is, is very frank. And, uh, and, and you read that and it's very clear, the legs of the lame are not equal. Uh, in other words, I was reading, I thought about this, I, this thought hit me. Uh, we have a pair of legs and, and a lame person... Maybe one doesn't function for whatever reason. Maybe because they're not used, then the muscle gets smaller in that one. And it says here uh, that the legs of the lame are not equal. In other words, maybe they're not the same. Maybe they're not the same length. Maybe they're not the same strength. Maybe they're not, the, they're not uh, made the same. So that uh, the, maybe there was a defect that caused some problem. But as I was looking at that and thinking about that, uh, I thought this. I, I thought, you know, legs always come in pairs. They don't come in threes. 
There is no animal, there is no creature on the face of the earth with three, animal, three legs um, that, that's normal, okay? Uh, you, some, uh, somebody will find some abnormality of a, of a fox born with three legs, I don't know, or some crazy thing. Uh, and there are abnormalities, but no normal animal uh, is born with, with three legs. And as I was thinking about that, I, I thought, I'm going to look that up. Is that true? We all have a pair of legs uh, or four legs, and that would be horses and cows and donkeys and all those animals. They all have four legs. And, and we always, almost all of God's creatures have sets of legs, whether it's two, whether it's four, whether it's a centipede with, uh, they actually have lots of different sets of legs, but it's pairs all the way down through. And as I was thinking about that, I thought, you know, God has done things consistently to have pairs of legs when, when things are made. And, uh, and when I looked it up to find out, is there any three-legged animals? I found there's none. But I found this fellow wrote this, um, and, he, and he kind of proves the point of, of folly and of foolishness. Uh, Tracy Tom, Thompson uh, has published an article, it's three-legged locomotion and the constraint on limb numbers, why tripeds don't have a leg to stand on. Uh, he put a lot of thought into his title, probably more thought than I put into my titles. Uh, but, uh, but he says this, and, and it's interesting because this, this is a scientific uh, paper that he wrote, and he said, almost all animals are bilateral. He said the code for having two sides to everything seems to have gotten embedded in our DNA very early in the, watch this, evolution of life, because that's what science proclaims, the evolution of life. Perhaps before appendages like legs, fins, or flippers even evolved, once that trait for bilateral symmetry was baked in, it was hard to change. And, and they will draw the conclusion, oh, we must have evolved, and because it, it, got, it got stuck in the DNA. Well, doesn't it make more sense just to say, you know what, God designed us with two legs, and that's why you don't see a three-legged human. That's why you don't see a five-legged cow. That's why you don't see a, a five-legged dog or a three-legged uh, fox running around, because God designed us very consistently. But they will look at the science, and because they want to deny that there is a God, they will immediately jump to their, their conclusion that there is no God and that we have evolved over millions and millions of years. And they will stick to that conclusion and say, well, then it must be, boy, that got baked in really early. And that's why there's no three-legged people. If, if, if evolution were true... Uh, you would find three-legged creatures. You'd find one-legged creatures. Man, I would, you would find, and wouldn't this be awesome, four-armed humans. Who couldn't use four arms? Bless God, if you've ever carried the groceries in from the car, you know that four arms would be helpful. I mean, uh, why would they think, why would we stop at, at just two arms and two legs? I mean, man, we could really, I could get around pretty good with four legs and four arms, and I, man, I could, I could really get a lot done. But the fact of the matter is they deny all of that because they want to believe that man evolved. And they want to deny that there is a creator. But God created us in a very, uh, very consistent fashion, 
And that's very true. Look at our verse again. It says, the legs of the lame are not equal, so is a parable in the mouth of fools. Now, what is a parable? A parable is a story used to illustrate a point for instruction. You know, we're looking through the book of Proverbs, and Proverbs are very short parables. They're, they're usually two-line parables, just like this verse right here. It gives us an illustration. The legs of the lame are not equal. In other words, everyone can picture, well, legs that are not functioning uh, or legs that do not work properly. And so they, they, can, they can imagine that. It's something that's very visible. And then he proves a point and he says, so is a parable in the mouth of fools. In other words, he says, listen, a fool is not fit to teach. I put down there, don't believe a fool. Because you know why? Just like that guy, they're going to go to the conclusion millions of years. Well, that must have been baked in early on. Huh. I think God put it there. And I think that God created people with, with two feet and, and two arms. And you know what? We're made in the image of God. And just as it says in the book of Genesis, everyone brings forth of his kind. Uh, if evolution were true, there would be mixes of all the species. There would be partial, uh, you'd have, have a, uh, I don't even know how the order they go to. You'd have a fish turning into a dog. You'd have that inside of the, um, inside of the fossils, and you'd have a fossil record of that. That doesn't exist anywhere. Why doesn't it exist? Because God created mankind. And so the Bible is very clear. It says, the legs of the lame are not equal, so a parable in the mouth of of fools, or so is a parable in the mouth of fools. They're not to be believed uh, because they will draw conclusions that are, that are wrong according to the Word of God. And so we need to understand uh, that, that, hey, a fool is not to be believed. Uh, his conclusions are going to be void of understanding. And, and that's why I believe we need good Christian teachers uh, who understand the Bible and creation and, and will draw proper conclusions of what God has written and, uh, and, and be able to teach people in a right way. And listen, the Bible encourages us to do that. In, in Timothy, uh, he says, uh, to teach others as thou hast learned. And so we're encouraged to teach others. And so uh, as we think about that, hey, fools are not really fit uh, for teachers because they will always put a slant on things that leans away from God and that will be detrimental to the faith of many people. Verse number 8. We're looking at warnings uh, about a fool. And he says in verse number 8, As he that bindeth a stone in a sling, so is he that giveth honor to a fool. We kind of looked at this idea that a fool is not dignant of honor uh, in the last, last Wednesday, but he goes about it again here in the same uh, chapter and, and gives yet another illustration. And he says, He that bindeth a stone in a sling. Uh, you know, a sling, everyone knows what a sling is. Everyone went to Sunday school. Y'all know David and Goliath and, uh, and the sling, and the sling went round and round and round and round and you sing that song, and uh, then he let the sling glow, uh, go. And, and he would put that rock in there. That was the equivalent of a weapon uh, that they would use. But you look again what it says. When I first read that, I didn't catch this part, but look at what it says in verse number 8. As he that bindeth a stone... In a sling. When I first read that, I didn't catch that word bindeth, but when I read it again, uh, I realized binding, you know what binding is? It is to make it to stay. It's like, it's like putting glue in there. It's like sewing it in place. 
Now, let me ask you this. If you know that a sling, when you put a stone in there, you don't, you don't sew it in place and you don't glue it in place. The idea is to swing it around, let go of one side, and that rock goes flying. You don't want it stuck to the sling. But if you bind a stone to a sling, you know what you've done? You've made it worthless. That's what you've done. It's not going to do any good. Uh, you're going to swing that thing around. Matter of fact, it, it could cause you more damage than anything else because you think, man, I've got a, I've got a sling and I've got a stone in it, and man, I, there's this bear coming after me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let that bear have it, and you go let go, and that stone stays with the sling. And now you're defenseless against a bear or a lion that's coming across you talking about Bible times and talking about things like that. And what happens is you can cause yourself more damage uh, by doing what the Bible says here. That's an illustration. He says, as he that bindeth a stone in a sling, so is he that giveth honor to a fool. In other words, again, honor is to esteem due or, or paid to worth. A high estimation, respect, consideration, reverence. And giving honor to a fool is foolish. Uh, it's a waste of time to honor a fool. It's like uh, sticking a stone in a, in a sling and, and binding it to it. And, and listen, it's not going to do any good. It's going to actually cause you damage. And I want you to notice that the warnings in these verses 6, 7, 8, and 9, uh, they're, they're more for the person uh, that would put their faith in a fool. They're more for the person who would sit down and learn from a fool. They're more for the person who would uh, send a fool out as a messenger. It's written to us as a warning saying, hey, be careful because there's foolish people out there. And if you use that, then it will damage you. If you believe that, then it will damage you. And so it's a warning that is written to us. Look with me at verse number 9. And he says in verse number 9, As a thorn goeth up into the hand of a drunkard, so is a parable in the mouth of fools. We're back to the, par the, the parable and the fool again. In verse, the, the first part of that verse 9, As a thorn goeth up into the hand of a drunkard. A drunkard uh, has physical ability, his physical ability to react or to feel pain is impaired by the alcohol that's in his system. Um, and so uh, if he gets a thorn in his hand, he, he might not feel it. Matter of fact, he might even press it further up. Uh, he might be, do something that, that could damage himself even further because he doesn't feel the pain and he doesn't understand it. And the Bible says here in verse number 9, As a thorn goeth up into the hand of a drunkard, so is a parable in the mouth of a fool. And again, listening to the teaching of a fool could cause harm. Uh, parables, again, are used by teachers. They illustrate uh, and help us visualize truth. And as I stated, the book of Proverbs is full of parables. And so the idea there is, hey, that we need to be careful uh, that we wouldn't uh, believe or listen to the teaching uh, of a fool because they're, they're going to constantly draw conclusions and it becomes a problem. And so these are all uh, warnings about fools that we need to heed. Look at verse number 10. In verse number 10, we find a warning to fools. Look at verse number 10. He says, The great God hath formed all... One more time. The great God that formed all things both rewardeth the fool and rewardeth transgressors. 
Now that word reward means to give in return, either good or evil. So it does not necessarily mean uh, that, that he's rewarded on a positive way. Uh, but he could very well be rewarded on, an, on a bad side of the way. Uh, listen, God is a rewarder. Uh, and God is the ultimate authority. The Bible says in Hebrews 9.27, And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. Sometimes we look at fools. And sometimes we look at, even in our world today, even in our society, we think, man, they're prospering. Why are they doing so well? How can such, such foolishness uh, scale such great heights in our mind? And how can they get to such a point where they are prospering so well and they are financially doing well and their uh, prominence and their power that they have and, and all of these things that looks like, hey, they're really getting ahead. But I want us to remember and I'd have us to recall that, listen, in the end, they'll stand before God. We don't live for what's here in this world. That's not our life. That's not, what our, that's not our aim. That's not what we're shooting for. We ought to be living for the Lord Jesus Christ and not to look for uh, success per se or uh, financial gain here in this world. That's not wrong to have finances or anything of that nature, but I want us to, our focus needs to be on God and living for God. And, and sometimes we look at it and we say, well, fools are prospering. Uh, but listen, in the end, they'll have to stand before God. And the Bible says in Revelation chapter number 20 and verse number 12, uh, the Bible says, And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their work. And they'll have to give an account before God. And listen, they don't have to give an account before you and I. Um, we're not the final authority. We're not the final judge. God is. And God's responsible to hand out that punishment. And God's responsible to take care of those problems. Now, I would say that, hey, we should answer a fool according to his folly uh, unless he grow wise in his own conceit. Uh, and, and so we ought to rebuke foolishness and call it out for what it is. It's sin and it goes against the word of God. But ultimately, it's God that is going to judge those people and they will have to stand before God. And there's two, two people in this verse that are rewarded. Uh, a fool. A fool is one who acts contrary to sound wisdom. In other words, he's given sound wisdom. He's told, hey, look, this is what the Bible says. This is what God says. And you know what he says? He says, eh. I don't believe that. I'm going to do what I want to do. And, and he acts contrary to sound wisdom. And then a transgressor, uh, the Bible says, is one who breaks a law or a commandment, and they willingly go against the law of God, and they willingly go against uh, the commandment of God. And so we have a warning to the fools in verse number 10. Look at verse number 11, a very vivid verse for us. The Bible says, As a dog returneth to his vomit... So a fool returneth to his folly. Now, a dog returns to his vomit. It's very clear and very easily understood that it means exactly what it says. And people are like, well, the Bible is so difficult. That verse ain't real difficult. Uh, it's pretty clear. Now, maybe you've never had a dog or been around a dog, and it may surprise you, uh, but, but I've been around dogs my whole life, and, uh, and I've had enough dogs to know that, hey, if a dog throws up, a dog will eat it back up. Don't ask me to explain it. I didn't make it. I just know it happens. 
And so, so we think, man, that is gross. Good, I'm glad you think that's gross. If you did not think that was gross, I would be worried. Okay? That's gross. It is gross. And the Bible is very clear that it's gross. You know what? The, the proverb, when he wrote it, he intended it for it to be gross. He intended it to be revolting to people. Why? Because look at what it says in verse number, uh, the second part of that verse. He says, So a fool returneth to his folly. Listen, a fool is going to go back to his foolishness. You know what I get from this verse? That, that listen, sometimes we'll fall in, in the lot of a fool. Sometimes our flesh will fall uh, in the sight of foolishness. And we all make mistakes and we all err and we all are sinners by nature. And you know what? The Bible wants us to be revolted by our own sin. And when we turn around and go back to that same sin, uh, the Bible is giving us the idea that, hey, we ought to revolt that sin. It ought to be disgusting to us. Just like a dog eating its vomit, that's disgusting. Hey, a, the folly or the sinfulness of a foolish person ought to be disgusting to us. And that fool will continue to go back to it. And he'll continue to fall into that same thing. And it's a mark of a fool. It's the way of a fool I put down. We have warnings uh, about a fool and then warnings to the fool. And then we have the way of the fool. In verse number 11, it's very clear that, hey, he'll go right back to it and he'll go back to where he was and he'll continue in his, in his wickedness and in his foolishness. And it's sad in all reality, but it's very true. Then look with me in verse 12. And I want us to understand this. The Bible says here in verse number 12, Seest thou a man wise in his own conceit? There is more hope of a fool than of him. Verse 11 just tells us that a fool will return to its folly, and that ought to, be, uh, that ought to make us sick. That ought, to, that ought to be disgusting to us. And yet, in verse number 12, we find a warning of being wise in your own eyes. One of the things that we need to be careful of as Christians is we can read all of this wisdom, we can read all of this, this, these, these, uh, these warnings that are given, the way of the fool, the, the warnings that are given about the fool, but what we better be careful of as Christians is that we don't grow wise in our own conceit. What am I talking about? I'm talking about Pharisaical. You know what the problem with the Pharisees was? Is that they thought, well, we're holier than thou. We're not foolish people. And the Bible says in this verse, which is very interesting that it falls to the end of the, this passage after it gives all these warnings and it talks about the fool's folly and, and we could sit there and we could check it off and we could say, well, I'm not doing that. Well, I'm not doing that. Well, I'm not doing that. Well, I guess I'm looking pretty good. And we can become wise in our own conceits and we can fall in just as much trouble and just as much of a trap and just as much of a snare as a foolish person and thinking that, well, I'm doing pretty good. The Bible says here in verse number 12, Seest thou a man wise in his own conceit? Conceit is the, uh, the thought or the imagination when somebody becomes wise in their own eyes. In the book of uh, Corinthians, when we were going through that, Paul talked about that and he said, hey, you are become puffed up. In other words, you think more of yourself than what you really are. And we need to be careful that we don't fall into that category uh, because the Bible gives us a very stern warning. And listen, wasn't it pride? 
that caused the devil himself to fall. Isaiah chapter 14. Uh, one old preacher, he said it this way. He said, he said you, you go back to Isaiah chapter number 14 and you can read it and you'll find out that Satan had eye trouble. Why? Because it says, I will ascend my, my, above the, the heights of heaven. I will ascend to the throne of God. I will exalt myself. I will do this. I will do this. And he's talking about himself and he's lifted himself up. And the Bible gives us a very stern warning about the pride. And it says, uh, it says here that, listen, uh, seest thou a man wise in his own conceits? In other words, puffed up with that pride. And he says here in the second part, there is more hope of a fool than of him. And we need to be careful that we don't become wise and we need to maintain our humility in our life because, listen, only by the grace of God, we're not like everyone else. Only because, because we are saved and born again and God has, has, has uh, saved us, we'd be walking around just like the rest of the people in the world. That's where we would be. And so don't become wise in our own conceits. We need to be careful. The Bible says this in, in 1 John chapter 2 and verse number 16. It says, oh, we can turn over there real quick. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 16. I love this verse. I refer to it many times. 1 John chapter number 2. In verse number 16, we'll find three categories of sin here that are, that are all the sin really boils down to one of these three categories. In verse number 16 of, of 1 John chapter number 2, the Bible says this, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, that's what your flesh desires. That's what the things that your flesh actually wants. And then it says the second thing is the lust of the eyes. And that's certainly used today in advertisement everywhere. Uh, boy, they know if they can put it in front of your eyes on TV and, uh, and make it look really good that you will desire it because there's the lust of the eyes. And then it says in the last one, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And it's that last one that's not so visible. It's the pride of life and it can well up inside of us that we have to be careful of that uh, because, listen, uh, seest thou a man wise in his own conceit, there is more hope of a fool than of him. And we'll become wise in our own eyes. and We'll become puffed up and we'll become uh, big in our own eyes and we'll find out, oh, we're not half of what we really are. The Bible says that there's more hope of a fool than of somebody that's lifted up in arrogant pride. The Bible just talks about, the book of Proverbs talks about pride over and over and over again. And listen, it's, it is a, a problem that can occur in anyone's life. We need to be careful of that, that we don't become prideful, that we don't become lifted up, that we remain humble in whatever way that God would use us, in whatever path that God takes us in our life. And so that's just a few warnings uh, of the fool's folly, and uh, I hope that's a help and a blessing to you uh, as we look at that, just to recognize, hey, the warnings of a fool, don't trust a fool, don't believe a fool, don't honor a fool, uh, don't listen to the teachings of a fool, because, uh, boy, they are, they're out there, uh, and they will certainly lead you astray, and they'll take you uh, away from God. I mean, every time, uh, they, all, it's, it's so wrapped up in all of their teaching. It just is, everywhere. 
that they're, they're, they're totally anti-God in many of the teachings and many of the things. I love science. I absolutely love science. But I absolutely get so tired of reading science or watching documentaries on science that say millions and millions and millions of years. I think to myself, just read the Bible. It'll tell you it's not millions of years. You'll figure it out that God created the world. And, uh, and we need to make sure that we understand that uh, because it's so important. Let's stand to our feet with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the warning of fools. And God, so much written. And God, it, it's really not that difficult if we look at those. Every one of those verses was pretty simplistic. Something with just a little bit of thought and a little bit of meditation that we can look at your word and God, truly, we can understand it. And help us to be humble, first and foremost. And then help us to be wise to the foolishness of the world. And God, may we be grounded in your word and grounded in your teaching and following you with our life. God, I pray that you would just be with each and every person. May we be challenged this evening to follow you, challenged to study your word and heed your word. We'll thank you for it. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. As we have a short hymn of invitation. glad that God wrote all that down for us. It's so true and so relevant. You say, well, that's kind of brutal against fools. I didn't write it. God did. God doesn't want us to be foolish. to a close. All right, just a couple things real quick. If you don't mind stand, standing, if you need to be seated, you're welcome to sit down. There's not a problem, but if you want to stretch your legs for a moment, I will not be long. Um, again, Mrs. Jacobs needs maps for the uh, ladies' banquet, so if you have maps or globes or anything of that nature, you still need more, um, see Mrs. Jacobs on that, and, uh, and she will appreciate that. And then in the, on the back, on the information table, uh, there is a fishing trip for men, the men's fishing trip on May 15th, if you're interested in that. All that information is back there. And uh, so grab one of those and you can get that information. Also, um, there is, on the back table, there is Awake America cards. Um, and what these are are registration cards. They're not for me. Um, I will take them and, and turn them into them. And all they want to do, they're not going to ask you for money. They're not going to. The only thing they're going to do is email you for something that is relevant for your district. In other words, they're not going to email you about 
the district down in Cincinnati and you need to contact your legislator in Cincinnati, they're going to only contact you for Maslin. What they're trying to do is, is build a, a uh, group of people that they can say, hey, you live, in, you live in this guy's district, you need to contact him because he's voting this way or that way. And it's to help inform you so you can be better informed about things that are going on. So if you want to grab one of those and fill it out, uh, you can drop it in the offering box in the back and uh, they will make sure that they get to me and I will make sure that they get to uh, Awake America and all, they will just send you an email and they do not email that frequently. It's not daily. Um, it's not even weekly, I don't believe. It, it's very infrequent and it's only when it pertains to your district. Um, and so it's just a way that you can kind of be informed and know what's going on. So if you want one of those, grab one of those, fill it out and drop it in the back. And I know that they will certainly appreciate that. And I will get those to the people um, where they're supposed to go. All right. I think that's all the announcements. Uh, the teen youth rally is Friday night uh, for any parents of teens that are in here so that they're aware. Uh, 530, they're meeting here at the church. And then praise the Lord, we're starting up our uh, college and career class this Sunday. So we're excited about that. So I think that's it. Uh, praise the Lord. We will see you Sunday morning, 10 o'clock. God bless.